0: wilder 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 it's that like bolster? i know so much is up but this week we decided we're going to get right to it we decided to do made the series made which came out very recently actually but before we get to it it's the story by the way of a woman
1: stephanie land
0: who happens to be white who has a child and leaves an abusive relationship. And she's trying to get on her feet, doing everything she can. And she gets caught in the system's craziness, which is reality for so many women, but especially women of color. And Mm -hmm. it walks us through that in a series. But before we get to talk about maids, and you and I haven't talked about this yet, because we really try not to discuss anything beforehand. Okay, in the last year and a half, I want to call off... A bunch of series where the woman has been the sole protagonist in the series. I mean, the strong character and it's all about her. Okay. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't parallel Unbelievable with the two main characters having the exact same personality, a woman is raped and no one believes her. And she has the same characteristics. And in fact... In my mind, you know, Caitlin Deaver played her in Unbelievable. I think either one of them could have played either one of those parts. But then we have The Morning Show, where Reese Witherspoon has had a childhood from hell. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, working her way into the best life that she can possibly have. We have The Undoing, where Nicole Kidman, although privileged, is certainly facing the dramatic challenges that some women who have grown up with a, to the man are born kind of life, but we watch her struggle to come out at the end as an independent, amazing woman. There are a lot of shows out that have given us a wonderful picture into what life is really like for some of the challenges that women face in America. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, I do. I think, um, I think what makes this special, though, and what sets this apart for me is the tone. The creator of this and the producer of this, John Wells and Molly Smith Metzler, come out of Shameless. And I don't know if you've watched Shameless, but Shameless is is all about real life for people who are living on the south side of Chicago, people who are stuck in the system, people who can't get out of it.
0: It's connected to uh, made.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't take itself super seriously, right? Uh It's aware... That like, life's not always great. And that's just the hand you're dealt and like fucking deal with it. Right. And well,
0: it's funny because one of the things that I found difficult for Made and I binge watched it in a night and then the morning, the next morning over the weekend. And one of the difficulties with Maid is there's no relief. There's none.
1: Oh, I don't think that's true at all. I was laughing through so much of this. There's, I mean, when she joins Tinder and all the guys pop up in her apartment telling her, like, you want to play with my beard? You're like, I was like dying. I was laughing so hard. And then like her ex pops up. But the stress
0: and the conflict and everything that's constantly there and you have no idea whether she's going to get out of this or not. Oh, I think there's great
1: moments of relief, though. I think that the dance sequence, when things start going right, like, first of all, I was like, hang on, is Margaret Qualley a dancer? Because, like, look at that extension. She's got it, man.
0: Well, I'll tell you what Margaret Qualley is. She's the daughter of. Of who? Andy McDowell. Oh, they're related? Well, mother-daughter, I think that's related, at least in my No, no, no. I mean,
1: in real life. Yeah. Mother-daughter. Andy McDowell is her real mom. Okay, for the last time. Well, because Andy <laughs> McDowell plays her mom in the show. In the I know. Show. I'm that's telling I'm you, it's her real mother. Yes. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Um, I know. Well, by the way,
0: when I read that, I was like, holy... Oh. First of all, she's mesmerizing. You cannot take your eyes off her on the screen. She's better than her mother was in Four Weddings and a Funeral, and that was her finest moment on film, mm-hmm. if you ask me. So I just, I think she is That's amazing. huge places. But also, you know what's interesting about Margaret is, and it's probably because of her connections, but she's had some, she was in My Salinger Year. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. She was Pussycat.
1: Yeah. That. yeah, She's She's been. You would recognize her if you saw her. You'd be like, "Who is she?" I've seen her in things exactly. Before. But she's had these roles that have led up to this
0: major role, so mm-hmm. she's got her chops wet in really good, sort of part-time ways. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think she's absolutely stunning. But we should going. probably
1: talk about the this where this came from. Stephanie Land is the writer. She's an executive producer on the show, but she wrote the book, and it's about her life as a maid coming out of an abusive relationship. And she wrote this book that's about each of the houses that she cleans and it's irreverent and it's funny and it's not judgy in a way that like she's going in to judge them, but kind of revelatory of the people. And they made this incredible show out of it. Well, they did, but also we have to look at the,
0: at the title of the memoir because that tells you uh, more. Okay. It's called "Maid: hard work, low pay, and a mother's will to survive and that's was the title of it, which you know, the, the title's longer than the show, but right. I just I do you want to read the book? Or are you going to
1: go back and do it? You know, I do want to read the book. I was supposed to read the book because uh, I was supposed to be part of the bidding war, but it went so quickly that um I didn't get a chance to. So this will be my opportunity to kind of go back and revisit her work. She, and I, I know lo- she has other other projects coming out as well.
0: All right, now you also have to look at the executive producers. Margot Robbie, who's starting to get her chops on really good scripts. And my, oh, lo- uh, John Wells, who
1: was the producer on my favorite series of all time on West Wing. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And then he went on to do Shameless. So this tone is very much in yeah. his, in his award. Amazing casting. And Andy McDowell
0: really, really shines. In a way, I didn't know she. I didn't know she could let go of that. I'm too elegant for elegance persona I, that she I kept can bring asking to the myself.
1: Screen. Is that Andy McDowell? I know. Is that Andy McDowell? Oh, that's Andy McDowell. I, oh, know. Annie McDowell. I she, know. She plays this like earthy, spiritual, <laughs> artsy. I'm one with the wind. You know, uh, but, grandmother, but filled with an underlying anger. Oh yeah, I mean, the whole show is about breaking the cycle of abuse right? The entire show is surrounded by the subject of domestic violence. And it's about Margaret Qualley's character, Alex, recognizing the situation that she's in and deciding to get her daughter out of it, recognizing that she's the daughter of someone who lived with that, and that this has been around her and a cycle that she's been trained to be a part of since she was born. And she's decided that's not going to happen anymore, right? She's not going to let her daughter grow up in that environment
0: well not only that the other thing that was so poignant for me is there are a few people in her life that she could count on and there's one in particular that we meet quite early in the in the uh series a guy she knew before she got involved with the wrong guy Mm -hmm. and you know that he would have helped her to the Mm -hmm. other side and she doesn't let him in and you know she's got this she doesn't trust any man well, by the way, her. with good reason, look at how, yes. what. anyway, and the father daughter relationship is brilliantly portrayed the mother daughter relationship, where she ends up taking care of her mother rather than her mother taking mm-hmm. care. I mean, all of it is so good. And it really also proves to us that there is strength there. And this story is, it, they didn't say
1: based on fact. They said it's inspired by true events. I think uh, yeah, there different. might be some... Inspired uh, by is very different. La- lawsuits than based- in the making uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for some people that this might be based on. Yeah.
0: But the other um, thing is it proves the point. It presents so well the case for giving single mothers help. And it's a huge controversy in our country now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Amy Matsui, um, she wrote a CNN opinion piece after she watched the series. Did you pick it up when you were looking at all the stuff for this? No, I just watched the show a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well she she talks about how single mothers you know like Alex, you know are always demonized for relying on public benefits like child care mm-hmm. subsidies and things like that okay And then she gets into some statistics which, as you may know, the fund that Biden has put together that is now offering single mothers, single fathers and low economic families assistance has shown that even $300 per month, can take them out of the cycle of poverty. Because it means that if the car breaks down, they can get it fixed, and they're not gonna lose their job. I mean, it stops that chasm. That $300 a month is a tipping point amount of money, which is not so substantial for people. Mm -hmm. And the other thing new data is showing is that when you give them this support, as this woman got in the film, they are not going to just sit there on the couch, you know, eating Cheetos and watching Netflix. They do get out and get jobs mm-hmm. because they do use it, in, you know, for childcare, etc. So it shows this is such a good series because A, it shows the determination of so many people who are trying to get out who need this help to be able to do it.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise they're not going to be able to. It also shows how so many people can end up in this situation. Um, And it does it in a way like, yeah, it starts pretty heavy handed. It's pretty intense. But it's also believable. Yeah, but it it doesn't stay in that tone. And that's why I think it's really fascinating because like it does have fun and it is funny. And there are moments where like, there are so many moments where the television dings and you see how much money she has in her bank account. Right. And she, she buys gas and now it's down $3 and then she, Well, they use that technique, that uh, texting
0: technique on yeah. the screen really well. And also and thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the people who did this because they make it large enough that you can see it without, yeah. screen. <laughs> you, know,
1: you know, so many of the things we are watching on TV now you can't see. It's like, what, what did it say? What did it say? But they the also God? call out all the bullshit in the system, right? She, yeah. um, Um, when she goes to apply for assistance, right? She's like, well, we need to have two pay stubs worth to show that you're working so that you can get assistance. And she's like, okay, well, I need to get a job then. And she's like, well, okay, do you have daycare? And she's like, I don't have any money for daycare. Like I can't put my kid in daycare because I have no money, which is why I need the government assistance so that I can get a job so that I can pay for daycare. (laughs) Like, It's crazy. it's, It's this insane cycle that so many people get stuck in, but Alex is bright. She's funny. She's very clearly struggling with PTSD throughout this entire show. Cause there, there's a lot of moments where you, you would assume that you'd see an emotional reaction from her and she's just stoic. Right. And that's the brave face she's put onto the world since she was six years old, when she started taking care of her mother. And it's really heartbreaking, but it's also it's also reality and you also get to see how she makes the world fun for her daughter, how she decides that she's not going to lay <laughs> in the, I think it's the second episode. She's in the DV shelter and her friend from down the way. She, she's just come back from court and she's laying on the carpet and her friend from down the way, Danielle, is like, <laughs> get up off this carpet. I can't tell you how Great many days I've lost to character. this carpet. Yeah. And they're just it's so beautiful to watch this yeah. relationship between these two women. But it's also reality. Right. Danielle doesn't stick around for very long. And. Well, she also has another female relationship with a very wealthy woman who treats her Mm -hmm. badly and then
0: becomes a supportive friend and cohort. And that's what I mean. All the relationships in here, mother-daughter, friend-friend, employer-friend, the woman in the shelter and her relationship with her, the woman in the shelter keeps her just enough distance. You know, she doesn't... Take on, she doesn't pass the boundary of you're on your own. But at the same time, you can see how every person needs relationships. And one of the Mm -hmm. studies I read just yesterday was that COVID took away. These types of relationships, which mean, you know, they're not best friends, they don't talk on the phone, but the kind of relationships you have with people in passing are critical to your well-being and to your mental health. Mm -hmm. And you could see it in this film so beautifully laid out, but also you could see how as women, all of us have a circle of influence where we can elevate another woman in some way. And we mm-hmm. all should be doing it because we've all been elevated by somebody else as well. It's fabulous.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it was really interesting. Cause I was like, does it need to be 10 episodes, right? Does this show really need to be 10 episodes? Well, I was starting to feel yeah, that way around yeah. episode seven and then episode eight happens and I don't want to give away what happens, but wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, I got to interrupt. You needed a seven
1: inning stretch. Yeah, I did. I did. Um and something happens in episode 8 that opens your eyes to the cycle, right? To how and why women get trapped in this cycle and how easy it is to get trapped in this cycle and how heartbreaking it is because it's so easy when you're not educated and you don't have your own income and you're not and you're not independent in any way right, when you are completely dependent on someone else for your well-being and for just sustenance, right, for food and shelter, that you can't just get up and leave. There's no option for that because it's not just you that you're thinking of. Your child needs the ability to survive. And that's what this show is all about. And without the full 10, I don't know that we would have had the same appreciation for the system that she was stuck in.
0: Absolutely. Now it's written by
1: Molly Smith Mitzler. Yes. Okay. She did Orange is the New Black. She's done a ton of stuff. I know, but done a lot. She did many, many, many episodes of Shameless. Um, She's done,
0: she wrote on Shameless also.
1: Yeah, she's, a, okay. she's one of the... She's a co-EP on Shameless. She's on Casual. She's an incredible playwright. I'm a massive fan of Molly Smith Metzler's. I think she can and should do everything personally. She was the absolute perfect pick for this Well, show. it's so
0: funny because I did not stick with Orange is the New Black. I think I watched the first three seasons, but I thought... Yeah. I thought it was really, really well-written. I mm-hmm. thought the dialogue moved along beautifully. I thought it interwove reality brilliantly. And again, yeah, that's yeah. another another series about women in prison that really brought home the complexity of that kind of situation too. But I thought she was so good in that. I think as these series are being put together... Time and time again, more and more often, we did not have this many series that focused on women's issues five years ago. We just
1: didn't. No, but I I will point out that this is a limited series, so I will be surprised if they announce that there's going to be another season of it well they're talking about it i looked it up and everybody's saying that they could do a season
0: two because they could take another and not have it be the same more anthology yeah, exactly. rather than um but the same character. again i don't think we need to do that there's enough to no. do that you could you know i hate that we it's like oh it was hugely successful so let's do mm-hmm. another one no you know but we did break the just... cycle
1: of hollister hating <laughs> limited series so oh I we got that. her back what on are you talking about Oh, I'm, after after um, undoing, nine perfect strangers, you were like, I'm over
0: it. I don't want to do no, it. I was over. I was over white people's problems, but I well, love white undoing, people's problems.
1: Unbelievable. Well, she's white
0: the white Lotus <laughs> was white people problems.
1: Yeah. We were over it yeah. and this is white people problems too, but it's not rich white people problems. No, and I'm, kind exactly. of, I'm kind of about that. No, I love limited series. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was one
0: of the best series of uh, I felt of that entire year. I love the undoing. I, you know, no, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm All in. All right. Yeah. Cool. It was a great <laughs> choice. Now, what do you think about how they're putting these together? And I'm
1: noticing that there are not limited series around men's issues. Are you noticing that? Well, there's a reason for that. You can't sell those right now. Nobody gives a shit about men's issues right now. (laughs) Interesting. You know why? Because we've been hearing about men's issues for what year is it now? No, I have not. 2,021 years. (laughs) You know what?
0: That's a long time, honey. But um, you know what? I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. Maybe they don't care. But the other thing is, there's not a limited series about Me Too. Yes, there is. Which one? The Morning Show. Oh. <laughs> How could I miss that one? It's one of my favorites. Okay. I take it all back, and I would tell our editor to pull it out, but I trying to be authentic and
1: show my... <laughs> You're absolutely right. The Morning Show, great choice for that kind of thing, too. But I think all of these are in response to the Me Too movement, right? All of these are being made because of the Me Too movement. Without the Me Too movement, we'd still be, you know, we'd be telling the Harvey Weinstein side of this story because poor Harvey Weinstein. But no, thank goodness we're not. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not feeling like poor Harvey Weinstein. You know, I don't feel that way either. But like, I'm sure there's a couple of people out there who do feel that way. Probably Harvey Weinstein being one of them. Yeah. yeah, no, I, uh, you know, now also, can we talk about cinematography?
0: Because you're talking about a very boring background, could have been very boring. I thought it was brought to life brilliantly. You thought Maid's background could have been really boring? I, you know, it's, it's The Pacific a, Northwest, it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, well, it's not
1: exactly on the water. You know, she's sitting in a trailer park. Well, for some of it, yeah. But then you you get to play with like the fairies and the whole, the culture up there, I think is really brought to life really well through the cinematography. And the cinematography, you know, even setting up
0: like her little apartment in the shelter, I thought was really well done. And having been mm-hmm. in a couple of those shelters, not as a participant, but as a volunteer, it's a background that's hard to bring to life. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And I thought that they did a really good job.
1: And one of the things I will say that I think they did a great job with is that at no point does this feel hopeless, right? I mean, there's a couple of points where you feel like you've hit rock bottom with her, but at no point are you sitting there feeling like she's she's never going to do anything, right? That you're just feeling sorry for her in this situation because you know that she's capable and you know that she's done this once before and she can pull herself up by her bootstraps, you know, good old American way, but it's not a lifetime movie in that respect. It does a really beautiful job of navigating that tone so that you're never abjectly watching in horror as these awful things happen to this girl. You're watching her navigate her own journey, which I think is really important
0: during her journey. All of that's true. But the whole time during her journey, the other thing I felt was that she might not make it.
1: She might not make it. And I think they did and, a good job of walking that line, too, because... Yeah, and I thought that was such an important... Yeah, message. you need to feel... I mean, that. I'm rooting for her the whole time. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes
0: you're in a situation, you know, in one of these series like that, and it's like, I know the ending of this. Like, yeah. you, know, I, you know, and I can say... I w- I could see the precipice of how it is so easy to fall off that frigging cliff. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? But I think a lot of people were responding to the advertising of this as if it were one of those kind of lifetime movies um, that we've seen before. Right. Just about abuse and like, oh, do I really need to watch this? And the answer is, yes, you do need to watch this. It's it isn't that.
0: I care about titles. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I don't think this title does this justice. And in a way, I get that the title of the book was way too long. Yeah. But in a way, it was much more enticing to me than the title Made. Now, keep in mind, when I hear about Made as a movie, I think of what was that thing with J Lo? What was she in? Made in Manhattan. Okay. You know what? That's exactly what I think of. And I I don't think this title did it justice and I don't think it's going to bring in some watchers who would otherwise definitely
1: be on it. I do think that the the title that they came up with in the show for the book that she's writing in the show is actually better. It's Confessions of a Maid or something like that, which I think, you know, just adds that like salacious little twist to it of like things you find in people's drawers and like the the writing that she does about the houses that she cleans is fascinating. It's super fun. It's really interesting. She gives every house a different name and her friend figures out which house she is. And that's a very fun moment. <laughs> For the audience, it's yeah. but it's—I would say, like, not only is it well done, and not only is it fun, but it's important. It's important. It is an important piece, agree, and but it does it without shoving it down your throat. Exactly. And I think that's my favorite kind of entertainment because it's still entertainment, right? I, I re- watched every I really episode because like I wanted to.
0: A voyeur watching this unfold—it was yeah, really, really well laid out.
1: So we're both. The score was great too. What do you say about that? We're both in. I mean, this is so rare, you guys, where we actually agree on something. So, like, yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, also, so, anyway, thanks for, I think you're the one who put this one on our table. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. So, so
1: I, good. I really loved it. I will say, like, I was really glad that they didn't, there's a turn in her relationship with her father that I found incredibly oh, heartbreaking, I know but exactly very, yeah, very sure. apt. Um, yeah, we, want, we don't want to give that away. I don't, I don't want to give it away, yeah. but it was a really important moment and they completely nailed it. Yep. And they nailed most of them. It, it all just felt really honest, yep. um, and real and gritty in a way that wasn't shoving anything in your face or down your throat or telling you that like government assistance is good. And here's why it was like, here's this person's story. And here's why this is important for her. Yep. And and I also, you know, we we
0: know once you start watching it you'll binge. So let us know next week what you thought of it. But both of us agree on this one totally. I'm so glad we saw it.
1: Yay! Yay. And we uh, both watched all of it, which I know, right? Is rare. It's <laughs> 10 episodes. It's 10 hours of TV, guys. <laughs> and before we wrap up, I just wanted to say
0: that I did an interview. Wilder couldn't make it, but I did an interview with Beth Levison whose documentary Storm Lake is as I said in my interview taking The film festival by storm, it's actually going to be at the Hampton Film Festival next week. And they're saying it's the best film uh, that they've got this year. It's a great film, but also she did such a great interview, all kinds of insight. And it's about a small town uh, newspaper in Iowa And so go to ScreenThoughts.net if you haven't listened to it, and uh, it's short and cool and really, really interesting, and you're going to want to watch this documentary. But in addition to that, someone who listened to it, Diane, who is one of the um, previewers for the River Run Film Festival down in North Carolina— uh, she got in touch with us because she wants to now do a special showing of the film late October down there because of listening to the podcast. So thanks oh, to great. Diane and, yeah, and River Run. We've been to the River Run Festival with O'Toole. I was there with her a couple of years ago. So we know a lot of the people there and they are Screen Thought listeners. So thanks to River Run for bringing that film down there. It's all cool. All cool. How great. Yeah. It's very so- exciting. We'll see everybody next week. Now, also, um, thank you for emails that are coming in. But also, if you want us to cover something, let us know. There's so much out there. We're trying to keep pace. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Really, really grateful to have you. Yeah, we'll see you next week.
1: (laughs)